Welcome back to Big Lezzers League and all rugby league experience. Let's go through your slinger Sunday for round 14. We'll start with the Roosters v the Bulldogs. These ones are going to be a little bit quicker. Uh, I've got a little bit to do over the next few days. It's going to be a very hectic next few days. Some big announcements to come out on the podcast over the next few days, particularly on Wednesday. So stay tuned. Um, because it's going to be some big announcements, some big news. Uh, so make sure, as I said, you stay tuned for all of the announcements over the next few days. The podcast is going to grow in a big way over the next few days. So make sure you stay tuned to all that. But let's start with the Roosters v the Bulldogs now. Obviously, a big performance from this one. You know, obviously didn't have the best performance in origin, but uh, he's backed up from his origin debut. He had a really strong first half with one try, 122 meters and 11 tackles. That is absolutely insane. Um, You know, I think the big storyline behind this game was James Tedesco. Obviously had a really rough first game for origin and he didn't really even have a rough game. He ran for over 200 meters and he had seven tackle busts. You know, he was quite dangerous, but he just couldn't do much after the tackle bus, after the run meters. There wasn't really much, you know, in terms of helping out the team. Yes, the stats were great, but he had a three-on-two and he blew it. He There was a few times where I actually blew that three-on-two on Ado Carr's side. Um, you know, Tom Travojevic was roaming the field a little bit more than James Tedesco was in some cases and acting like a second fullback. You know, there were just some instances where James Tedesco, you know, got a bit flustered in some cases, in some situations. And I think it's because generally he's been playing a bit of a battering ram sort of role at fullback for the Roosters. You know, he's not passing the ball as much. He's running the ball a little more than he's passing. And he's almost playing a very conservative game of football. And, you know, in some instances for the Roosters, that's worked because they have sort of calmed their game plan down. You know, since Sam Walker's been dropped, obviously Manu came in and they've all even turned him into a bit of a structured half, which he definitely isn't Joseph Manu. And we'll talk about that obviously in a second as well. Um, But yeah, Tedesco, it was sort of used a bit as a battering ram. And, you know, he gets into that origin arena, realizes he isn't, you know, realizes he can do whatever he wants with the football, realizes that he can go back to 2019 James Tedesco. And, you know, he isn't used to those three and twos anymore. He isn't used to those situations where he was very dangerous maybe one or two years ago uh, before he was, you know, beginning to be used as this battering ram sort of fullback. So I think he was a little bit flustered. He's playing a different game style to how he does at the Roosters, and I think it got to him a little bit. Um, You know, obviously there was a lot of chat that Dylan Edwards should have been picked over James Tedesco, and incumbency doesn't matter. Incumbency does matter. He's come in in times before, and he's done really well. I actually don't get the... I love Dylan Edwards. I love Dylan Edwards. I think that he definitely deserved to be in the squad. But being picked over James Tedesco, I think that chat is rubbish. You've got a guy that well and truly is an incumbent, you know, I think if he's not picked in game two, that is a really, really rough call from Braddy Fitler. As much as I love Dill Edwards, I think that it'd be hectic to pick him over a fit James Tedesco. I think that would be absolutely criminal. So hopefully that doesn't happen. We'll have to wait and see. 
Now, both sides completed well in the first half with the Roosters finishing uh, 87% uh, completion rate of their sets and the Bulldogs at 86. So, yeah, completing reasonably well in the first half. You know, obviously the the Bulldogs, they took a bit of an early lead and uh, it was very worrying signs. Then James Tedesco scores two tries and they're back in the race. Uh, Lindsay Collins also backed up really solidly from origin, 32 tackles uh, and had nine runs for the Roosters. He was awesome. But James Tedesco, he was the main catalyst for this win for the Roosters, pulling them back into this game and then setting up two tries for both. Uh, Junior Polgar, who made his NRL, uh, I think not his NRL debut, but he made his Roosters debut. Uh, And then obviously for Joseph Suwali and then Luke Keary, big moment. He comes in and he kicks the field goal. Roosters win the game. Super tough game from the Sydney Roosters. James Tedesco, the main catalyst. Josh Adokar backing up from Origin as well. 12 tries in his past 13 games. Now he scored against the Roosters as well. So the stats definitely went in his favor for this game. And then to wrap that up, obviously, you know, the big talking point around this game was the fact that Khaled Rajab and Sandon Smith both made their NRL debuts late in the second half. Late in the second half for Sandon Smith, obviously, but Khaled Rajab came on a little bit earlier. Uh, I thought they were quite okay for the limited minutes they had. I thought they did a pretty decent job. Now, he will move to the next game, the Cowboys v. the Melbourne Storm. Uh, obviously, Semi Valame made his Cowboys debut, and he scored a hat-trick on club debut. Now, I believe that he is the first um, winger on debut for the Cowboys to do that. I think there was something that I did see, that he is the first Cowboy to score a hat-trick on debut. So, congratulations to Semi Valame. Uh, obviously, Melbourne centre Justin Olam, he left the field in the 35th minute for HIA and did not return after failing the assessment. That means he's going to be out next week for Melbourne. Now, the Cowboys have won six from eight at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. So the stats were semi in their favour going into this game. Uh, and, you know, it was a very unexpected win for the Cowboys as well. I thought the Storm were going to win. I thought the Storm were going to win well, to be honest. You know, Munster backing up from Origin, Harry Grant backing up from Origin. You know, you had a really solid lineup for the Melbourne Storm as well, being Nelson up front. You had a few guys backing up from Origin as well, obviously, uh, for the Cowboys, like Murray Talagi, Valentine Holmes, uh, and they played quite well in this one as well for the Cowboys. And, you know, the Cowboys pretty much just stunned the Melbourne Storm and beat them in a big, big way. Now, obviously, Reese Robson got through plenty of work in defense. He had 34 tackles in the number nine jersey. He's trying to make a statement as well, obviously, when there's set to be a pretty decent revamp of this Blues team, particularly in the spine department. You know, he was playing some great football uh, as well in the number nine jersey. I thought Reese Robson, uh, and I thought that Harry Grant on the other side of the park in the number nine jersey, he stood up in a losing side. He made 45 tackles uh, and taking seven runs from dummy half as well. Good stuff there from Harry Grant. Storm, very unlucky. Cowboys, very unexpected win. We did definitely did not expect the Cowboys to win this game. Uh, and it was quite a heroic performance from them as well, the Cows. And then the last game of the weekend, and probably the one with the most drama, the biggest news to come from the match was obviously the injury to Panthers halfback, Nathan Cleary. He left the field after 16 minutes, clutching at his hamstring. He's yet to have scans, but the injury could have some huge ramifications on Origin 2 at Suncorp. If it is a hamstring strain, he could be out for the next two weeks, and that would technically rule him out of Origin uh, if he doesn't get ruled out by Ivan. And I think just coming back 
back from a hamstring injury as well. There's very high rates of re-injury. So he could, you know, very likely be ruled out of this origin side. Not only that, but you've got Jerome Luai as well, who obviously, uh, you know, scared a lot of Panthers and New South Wales Blues fans when he was holding his left ankle uh, after going down after making a tackle in the second half. Even if Nathan Cleary is the only one out, I think that there is going to be a switch up for both of the halves. You know, how that looks, I'm not sure. There's a few options you could go for. Uh, I think the first one, and I think the one uh, that would, you know, sort of make sense due to combinations would be you have Adam Reynolds at halfback, you have Cody Walker at 5'8", and you have Damian Cook at hooker. Uh, I think that's the first one that would make sense. Uh, if Cameron Murray's okay, you'd probably even start him at lock forward. Just have all of those combinations for origin. I think that the second one would probably be Nico Hines and Jerome Luai. You keep Jerome Luai there and you bring Nico Hines into the starting team at seven. Uh, I heard that Matt Burton was a shout. I just don't think that he is a first grade halfback, let alone a New South Wales Blues halfback. I think that that would be a very last resort sort of thing. Chad Townsend's been in the squad before. Uh, you know, he isn't in the squad this year, but he has been in the squad before. Uh, he could definitely be a shout. His kicking game's been great this year. But I think the most likely option will be Adam Reynolds. Mitch Moses, a shout. But, you know, obviously with everything that's happened with Parramatta this week, particularly on the Dylan Brown front, I won't say anything on the page. Uh, but, you know, there have been some things that have happened with Dylan Brown where he could be out over the next few weeks. I don't think that Moses is going to want to be out of that side. The only spine player that would be left pretty much would be Josh Hodgson uh, and obviously Clint Gutherson and Jermaine Hopgood at 13. Those would be the only spine players left. You'd have both of your halves out if Moses was to play Origin. So I think that, you know, over the next few days, depending on where his mind's at, he could potentially rule himself out of game two uh, just with with everything that's happening with Dylan Brown uh, and all of the adjustments that this uh, Parramatta side is going to have to make. Uh, in saying that as well, you might even see Gutho go to six and Dejan Arce go to fullback or vice versa. So there's a lot of change. There's a lot of stress around the Parramatta side. I just don't think that Moses is going to be picked. So I think that they're probably going to go with Adam Reynolds. If you go with Adam Reynolds, I'd probably, as you know, you know from a coaching perspective, uh, not that I'm a coach, but from a coaching perspective, I'd probably then go with Cody Walker. I'd probably then go with Damien Cook at starting nine. Damien can play the full 80. Then you can use Nico Hines as that 14 that can come on through the middle and not have to worry about playing him at dummy half, which I think is much better than, you know, having him as a bench hooker because he's definitely not that. Uh, If that means you're dropping Appy Coruscant out of this side, I think that's how it's going to go. But I wouldn't mind even Appy being on the bench as that hooker one-two punch because that's what they were going to go with with Nico Hines in the side. If that's the coaching style that you have going into Origin Game 2, then you have the two hookers on the bench. I think that's the way you go. But it depends where Brad Fittler's head's at. Uh, And, you know, it's going to be very, very interesting to see who comes in for Nathan Cleary if he's out. Hopefully, he's not out. But as I said, uh, hamstring injuries uh, have a really high rate of re-injury. So he could rule himself out of game two. Now, obviously, if we go back to this game, the Panthers v. the Dragons, earlier in the match, uh, the Dragons uh, obviously were the first ones to get on the board with Zach Lomax, uh, obviously kicking the first of two penalty goals. Uh, Jack Cogger slotted in for Nathan Cleary at halfback and nearly had a try assist with his first kick. 
but Isaiah Yo was denied a try after the Panthers had knocked on the footy in the contest while the kick was in the air. And then obviously, if you watched on Fox League, he obviously told them that he wasn't really fussed about coming in for Nathan Cleary and that he had tra- uh, trained with the team all week in case Nathan Cleary was ruled out anyway. Um, yeah, I think it was pretty you know, interesting that they named both Cleary and Luai in this team to play on after Origin. You know, playing, and I think NRL Physio said it, playing within three to four days of each other uh, is a high rate of injury, particularly with ligaments and tendons uh, due to overuse. You know, if you're a PDHPE nerd like I am, overuse injuries are actually worse than the normal injury, and it actually takes longer um, to recover as well because you don't want to put too much pressure on the ligament or tendon that you've done due to the overuse injury. I'm not going to go too much into that because that is NRL Physio's job. But anyway, uh, yeah, obviously Cogger said that he wasn't too fast coming in for Cleary. He trained with the side all week. Uh, and he actually did a quite a good job. And, you know, we've seen a lot from Cogger before, obviously playing a bit of 14 uh, at the start of the year. Uh, but I really liked him coming in and playing halfback. I thought he did a pretty decent job. Uh, Penrith hit the lead to start the second half after opting to kick a goal after being awarded a penalty for the Dragons being offside. Panthers scored their first try of the second half through Sunia Taruva in somewhat controversial circumstances after some Dragons fans questioned their right to have the ball after the visitors were ruled to have knocked the ball on inside their own half with a late call from the sideline official. Play was held up for a number of minutes midway through the second half with concerns shown for Dragons forward Jack DeBellin. I forget who it was, but Jack DeBellin obviously hit his head on one of the Panthers players' hip. Uh, and obviously, uh, the Dragons regripped and scored next with Lomax latching on to a Ben Hunt kick, outleaping Isaac Targo to put the ball down. And then after that, obviously, the scores were level 18-18 with 13 minutes to go to ensure a exciting finish to the game. Uh, the match was the third game of the day to have teams level at halftime. Uh, the Panthers have now won their past six matches against the Dragons. The Dragons have won only one of their past seven games at Bluebet Stadium. Prior to this match, the Panthers had conceded a total of 14 points in their past three games. The Dragons have now lost eight of uh, eight from eight, sorry, away from home this season. And the Panthers have won 31 of their past 34 games at Bluebet Stadium. There you go, guys. That is your uh, Sunday, your Slinger Sunday review for round 14. One.